Welcome to Chapter 3 of Health System CIO's interview with Aaron Meary, CIO at Dell Medical School and UT Health Austin. In this segment, Meary talks about how being part of a failed venture taught him what it takes to succeed, why he never wants to be the smartest person in the room, and the increasing need for more involvement from IT leaders in policy issues. The following Health System CIO podcast is brought to you by LK, a nationwide leader in healthcare connectivity. Decommission your legacy systems with LK Archive. All systems, all data, one consolidated solution. Retain 100% of your legacy data at 20% of the cost with LK Archive. For more information, visit lk.com. That's E-L-L-K-A-Y dot com. You've had experiences with, with newer ventures, new organizations, and I would imagine that there's always lessons learned. Like with Walnut Hill, the premise of that really made a lot of sense, but there were challenges that, that were too tough to get past. And do you think that you were able to kind of take some lessons from that experience? Absolutely. So starting a brand new hospital in Dallas from scratch with phenomenal world-class physicians was a dream shop, but it wasn't tethered to uh, an academic R1 university mm-hmm. and didn't right. have that infrastructure behind it to help propel it. Now, mind you, the Walnut Hill healthcare team now operates at a couple of major facilities in Dallas and they're doing well. And so that team you know, was going to be successful no matter what it did. And I'm, and I'm proud of them. I'm proud to know them. But yes, those experiences absolutely played a role here because I understand what it takes to build something from scratch. And I understand the the roll up your sleeves and get it done mentality that you're not just a CIO who speaks from a stage and is able to articulate something, but you're a CIO who can actually develop a work product. And I think over my entire career from pediatrics to adult to uh, building product and and partnering with an outstanding global team at Improvada, bringing that all here, there are positive lessons in everything I've done. And it's funny when you look at your career linearly, and you say, huh, I never would have expected this. It's amazing Mm -hmm. in retrospect what you actually learned at each experience that you're now bringing forward to your next role. And so for folks, I would say, reading this and and listening to this that are thinking about what what the future holds, it's amazing when you look back, you're amazed at how much you actually did learn and grow from your prior lives and how it all comes together in various roles to say, ah, all that plays together to help me here. And so in the case of my personal circumstance here at University of Texas, everything from Walnut Hill across all of my opportunities and all the mentorship I did under world-class CIOs has built for this. So now I'm able to bring it all together to help an R1 tier one university put something together at the flagship university for the entire system. Right. Yeah, that's so true. And it's sometimes it's the experiences where may not have been there that long, or uh, it could have been something a little bit out of your wheelhouse, and that's the experience that you end up learning so much from. So really interesting how that works sometimes. It, it is. And I think the other dynamic as a CIO, or as any leader, I should say, or any health IT individual is you have to be willing to step out of your comfort zone, and you have to be willing to take on projects and things that seem risky. And that's a tough yeah. proposition. I think there's a certain security and safety in doing things that are known and are comfortable and feel good, and that, that's a beautiful thing, and I give a lot of credit to it. But the ability to stretch yourself and see beyond the horizon and say, hey, I can tackle that, and if I can't, okay, we'll deal with it then, but I'm going to learn, and I'm going to lean on my network and lean on my peers and lean on folks I can trust to fill in the gaps and teach me what maybe I don't know, and that's okay to not know everything. 
If you can do that, you can be successful with anything. That elasticity is the key to success. Yeah. I think it's really important to be willing to take risks in a career. And um, there's always lessons to be learned from that. But I think there's something about that mindset that that, uh, I think a lot of organizations find valuable. Absolutely. You know, there's an adage that father used to tell me all the time growing up, and I guess this is why I became an engineer and thus IT and thus the CIO. He used to say, son, no pain, no gain. And Mm -hmm. to the degree of it, you have to be willing to learn and go through the trials and tribulations and come out the other side. And so as I still keep in contact with my prior mentors and I still keep in contact with people, particularly when I see them at Chime or Hems, I can't even begin to express to you how proud and how happy they are for me and how grateful I am to them. It's almost like we were talking about our, our young children before this interview. At some point, you know, your children get to a phase in life where they maybe don't appreciate you as much, and then they come back around, and they, they're like, boy, you're such the wisest person in the world. It's almost yeah. like that as you go through your career. You look at your mentors, you're like, man, maybe I didn't appreciate that little nugget of information at the time as much as I should have, but boy, do I appreciate it now looking back at it many years later. It's one of those concepts. Right, right. Oh, yeah, it makes so much sense. I, I had a stint where I worked for a pharmacy publication, and it wasn't something I'd intended really to do. And I learned so much from it and have this whole different perspective about healthcare. And it's really funny how that happens sometimes. It is. And it's credit to you for being willing to do that. As I said, it's, it's sometimes that is a very risky proposition. But I think uh, that elasticity really is what's going to drive things forward. And I would also say making sure that you keep good communication with your prior lives, whether it's people you worked with or who worked for you or whether it's organizations in general, having that network to reach back to and ask questions and learn from because they're growing and they're evolving even if you're not there. That's important. That's kind of the reason why I haven't changed my cell phone number in 20 years because I keep in contact with people and that's important. It's important to, to make a difference in their lives and keep in touch with them even when you move on and learn from them, and they learn from you. Yeah, that's really true. I think that it's a natural thing to think that, okay, I landed this job. This is my dream job. I don't really need to do that. I don't need to keep, keep in touch with people, but nothing is, is a sure thing. But also, it's just, you know, you continue to learn from people. It sounds like you certainly do. Oh, I do. I, I absolutely do. And I, I think the best room to be in is, is one where you're not the smartest person in the room. And that means the same thing for a job. That means the same thing for a state, right? So I love learning from folks, being humble, listening, and really realizing that the people around you are, you know, triple PhD, MD, whatever. And you're just in amazement and awe at some of the things that they're able to pull off and you're learning from them. And I think that's the, one of the key traits of a, of a good CIO is knowing that and being okay with, hey, I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. I want to be learning from you, and I want to be enabling you. I want to understand your business. I am not a neurologist. I am not a brain surgeon. I'm not a cardiologist. I don't open up pediatric hearts and make these children become vivacious, growing young adults. I'm not an MD. I want to understand that discipline, and I want to help that cardiologist, neurologist provide a better care, quality care, exceptional care, world-class care, leveraging technology. And so that means I'm going to partner with them side by side and basically become a pretend MD and understand their business because that's where I'm able to leverage and interject technology that's effective in their workflow. Right. Very well said. Really interesting hearing about this organization and some of the the unique things you're doing. And I'll be really fascinated to see if it's something that becomes a care model as far as, you know, what you talked about with the waiting rooms and 
I think it's going to be a really interesting few years. It is. And I'll tell you the other dimension this has really helped is I was congressionally appointed to the HITAC committee uh, that was established on the 21st Century Cures. And so as part of the HITAC, I'm able to really lend a lot of experience that we're learning here, boots on the ground, back at the federal level. So as we look at things like information blocking, as we look at things like value-based care and all the dimensions under 21st Century Cures, which was a fantastic bill that was signed into law, to the degree of it uh, leveraging the experience of what's being learned at UT and giving it back at a national level has been priceless because a lot of these world-class institutions are just beginning to dip their toe in the water, but we're all in on it, right? Good, bad, and ugly. And sharing that at a federal level and having great federal partners that are willing to learn and listen and take notes and help maybe articulate policy that helps, you know, deal with a deficiency, that's been priceless. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. I know that you've done a lot of policy work, and I did want to uh, check in about that and whether you're going to continue to do that, and obviously that's the case. So that's so important to, to get the perspectives of CIOs when policy decisions are being made. I would agree with that, and and I know we've talked about it many times before, but advocating, uh, getting with your state government, with your federal government, teaching, learning, partnering with HIMSS and CHIME and their federal and and congressional advisory committees to help them out, that has got to be a discipline and something you make the time for. And if you're not, you're not helping to leave the world a better place. And at the end of the day, I have two young daughters, and it's, it's incumbent on me to make healthcare better for them as they become adults. And that's why I do this. And if you don't help at the rulemaking, lawmaking, policymaking level, you're leaving a key thing out of the entire mix, which is teaching the next generation of how to get things to goal and how to learn from the fact when you don't have any waiting rooms. Right. That's so important. Do you know if you're going to be at the CHIME Advocacy Summit? Yeah, I do plan on being there, absolutely, and I am helping them on a number of dimensions, and particularly, like I said, I do serve on the HITAC, and there's only so many of us that that are on that committee, and there's only a handful of CIOs on there, and so as much as I can give back to CHIME and to HIMSS, I try to, so my hat's off to both of those organizations and, and learning from us of what's going on and how we can give back. Right. Yeah. Oh, good. I know that they had the inaugural policy summit last fall, and I was lucky enough to go. And it was so refreshing to see two days all focused on policy because it's something that can't always just be part of a larger meeting that these issues are so important. So that's good. If you're there, I look forward to seeing you in person. I look forward to seeing you there too. And hopefully, you know, as all of us go in our career and the next generation of CIOs comes up, they listen, they learn, and they grow in their careers uh, to do the same thing. Because the reason I got into policymaking and engagement with the federal government was one of my early on mentors uh, who is a world-renowned CIO who's been at an organization for a long time. She would let me listen in as she would talk to the HHS about meaningful use and educating them about what they should consider and think about. And I said, wow, one day when I'm a CIO, I want to do what she's doing. And sure enough, I am. Yeah. <laughs> I have a guess, but who, who would that be? Pam McNutt. I gave her a lot of credit. Okay. She is uh, an amazing, one of those people who wrote the book, and I just, I'm in awe, and and one of her many wonderful dimensions is working with the federal government and uh, state government and education. Right, yeah. Okay. I can always talk to you for hours, but I, I should probably let you go, but thank you so much. This has really been great, and I know that our readers, listeners will enjoy hearing about the very cool work that you guys are doing. Absolutely. I appreciate that. And uh, anybody with any questions yourself, anybody else, please give me a call, shoot me a note, and uh, always happy to help answer. All right. Thank you, Aaron. I'll speak to you soon. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, 
visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.